Hey there, and welcome to the Fantasy Fantasia podcast, a podcast where a bunch of Canadian theatre nerds gather around and play various tabletop role-playing games, such as Dungeons & Dragons, Monster Hearts, Monster of the Week, Call of Cthulhu, and more. This podcast was in part made possible by the Alumni Association of the University of Windsor, so big thanks to them. You can go check out their opportunities for funding, their benefits, their services, and more, all on their website at www.uwindsor.ca alumni. My name is Avery Malosh, and I'll be your Dungeon Master for tonight's session of Dungeons & Dragons Legend of the Silver Flame. So good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Legend of the Silver Flame. Before we start tonight's session, I kind of wanted to touch base with everybody because we've been playing this for quite a while at this point, and I don't think we've chatted too much about everybody's level ups and mm -hmm. cool moves or skills they've acquired along the way. So what, what level are we at now? 11? 11. 11. Yeah. The power! The strength! <laughs> <laughs> Our adventuring group is at level 11 now, so it only goes up to 20, which means we're more than halfway to becoming hey. literally godly warriors on the mortal plane. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So uh, let's let's just kind of go round robin, maybe bring up one or two quick things that you're really excited about that you just got, whether it's from your class or a uh, feat that you might have picked up along the way. And uh, let's start with Velvet. What did you get on this level up? Ooh, okay. So in this level up, I got to add a few uh, upper level spell slots. I've unlocked my fifth level spells at this point. So, uh, and I could take another cantrip. So I took Mending as my cantrip, uh, just, you know, just to fix up some things. I figure he's kind of rough and tumbly now and he's got fine clothes, so he really wants to make sure that they're pristine always. So I'll be using that a lot. And the other two spells, the upper two spells that I have now are Modify Memory. So Ooh. do you want me just to read a little bit about it, Avery? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, so you can attempt to reshape another creature's memory. One creature that can see must make a wisdom saving throw. If you are, uh, if you are fighting the creature, it has advantage on the throw. On a failed save, the target becomes charmed for the duration, and you basically get to insert a false memory into them that uh, for the, about the last twenty-four hours, um, and that and that lasted for no huh. more than ten minutes. So it, it could be about something that's happened there for a 10 minute memory, essentially. Cool. That is cool. Yeah. Very, yeah. very cool. Very so very it's, cool. it's, uh, that'll hopefully come in handy. And then the other one that I have is called Mislead. Mm. So Velvet has a theme of going invisible when he doesn't want to fight, which is basically all the time. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. he, uh, Most for, encounters. Yeah, for someone who loves to be seen, he sure is invisible a lot when it comes to fighting. So this is kind of building <laughs> off that uh, cowardly strategy that I've built. And Mislead is you become invisible again uh, at the <laughs> nice, same, nice. but at the same time, an illusionary double of you appears where you are standing. The double lasts for the duration, but the invisibility ends if you are attacked or cast a spell. You can use your action to move the illusionary double up to twice your speed and make it gesture, speak, and behave in whatever way you choose. You can see through its eyes and ears, and I can do a bonus action to switch back to my consciousness. So I figure because I'm going to be invisible a lot, oh, this is a great way for me to be visible a lot, too. Oh, cool. Very nice. 
Very yeah, cool. so that's uh, that's kind of what's going on in Velvet's world right now. Cool. Very cool. And how about you, Sai? Oh, hey. Um, <laughs> so I uh, have a bunch of new spells, and I opened up some my uh, six-level spells, which, I, which I'm really excited about. But I'm going to keep them secret because <gasps> I want to do a little surprise <gasps> reveal when the moment strikes. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> but I will tell you that one of the th- cool things that I got was um, I got uh, Narcane feature um, upgrade when I when I leveled up. And I unlocked Shape Changer. So what that does, it allows me to um, put po- the, the um, spell of Polymorph into my spell book. And oh shit! Yeah, yeah. And um, what's really neat about this, even you know, I can use it um, as a regular, you know, use a spell slot and everything like that. But I can also cast Polymorph on myself once without having to expend a spell slot. Oh shit! Yeah. Hmm. I'm excited to do it's that. It's all about deception, all these spells. Transforming, <laughs> misleading, straight up turning invisible, replacing memories. My God, I'm not going to be able to have a normal conversation with you guys in game. <laughs> what is damn. reality? We change it at our will. It, it's what you want it to be at this yeah. point. I'm just here along, along the ride for you guys. <laughs> right on. And I'm excited to see those secret spells that you don't want to give up, Kim. I'm very interested to see whether it comes out in combat or more in uh, conversational encounters. Oh, maybe a little bit of both. We're just talking and she's yeah, prob- like T Rex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That'd be awesome. And how about you, Gyriad? What cool stuff did you get becoming an 11th uh, level ranger? Ooh, well, I'm glad you asked, Avery. So, um, <laughs> Gyriad got a little jealous of Velvet, and he's like, oh, you can turn invisible? So I was like, why not, for my proficiency a day, turn invisible until my next turn as a bonus action? Oh, fuck. Because <laughs> um, that's what Gyriad needs. He needs to be invisible and deal 50 points of damage a turn. Um, you know what? And he was like, you know what? If I ever get exhausted, why can't why not just like reduce that every short rest and um gain 1d8 plus my wisdom modifier for uh temporary um hit points hey oh wow for my proficiency also a day which is four nice oh and my beast can attack twice that's my favorite (laughs) oh mimic could go peck peck instead of just peck (laughs) (laughs) wait now he makes no peck yeah oh yeah He'll be coming back, I'm sure, at some point. You'll, you'll find a way. I'm sure you guys will find a way. Well, hopefully. Well, that's it. Lena. How about Lena? I wish I wish you would have started with me, because I mean, I don't have any cool spells, but I do have something I'm pretty excited about. Um, so for my level 10 level up, uh, Avery and I kind of did a little bit of a homebrew thing for the Ancestral Guardian Barbarian, uh, considering where Lena is. And now, um, when she rages, uh, thanks to Rack, and the last fight, she has learned how to either she can set her great axe on fire to do additional fire damage oh, or imbue nice. it with uh, necrotic damage, one or the other. Um, so that's pretty cool. I'm pretty excited. Nice. Yeah, the way we're approaching the ancestral guardians with the whole demonic presences and the uh, people showing up is. I guess it stemmed from that encounter with Thana where Rack took over your body and mm-hmm. the higher Lena levels up, the more she'll be able to channel more of Rack's powers. So yeah. some of those things that she got like uh, more temporary hit points, uh, uh, the ability to deal fire damage and geez, I can't even remember the list. There, there was quite a few things. There's probably four <laughs> or five things it there. It was, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, condition immunities or uh, or immunities to certain damage types, things will be coming along the way. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. 
That's cool. And then um, cool. at eleventh level, I guess speaking of deception, I uh, Lena got a relentless rage. So uh, if Ooh. she dies, uh, she can roll a con save that I have to <laughs> have to pass. But if I pass, I come back to life with one hit point. So mm. hell yeah, Very nice. relentless. Mm. Yeah, the definition yeah. of a glass cannon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Lena's more of a gla- more than a glass cannon though. She can like take some damage. Only with for the sure. one hit point, I mean. Oh, I oh, see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she comes back with the one yeah. hit point. She'll be the definition of a glass cannon. Uh-huh. She'll, she'll deal yeah. the damage. <laughs> it's a little sneak attack before she really That's dies. So cool. <laughs> and finally, the arc we just finished. Bree, what did you get leveling up to the eleventh level? So I got an extra cantrip, an extra fifth level spell slot, and a sixth level spell slot, which I'm very excited about. Um, And with my 10th level level up, um, I got something called Divine Intervention, where I can call on Mistra to intervene (laughs) on my behalf when my need is great. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, the the cool thing with that, like, Verna had the same thing, so I was reading that on the uh, last Um, sessions that we had. Um, Whatever your level is as a cleric is the percentage die that you have to roll for it to work. So she can ask Mistra to do basically anything that's up to the DM's discretion, I guess, and I like to believe I'm a pretty lenient DM when it comes to <laughs> cool ideas. So oh, yeah. if if you're at 11th level, it means she has to roll an 11% or less, and whatever she asks for, it's gonna fucking happen. So right. that could be like a lifesaver at some point. We'll see what happens. I'm excited to see if that comes into play. Knowing the way mm. Steph rolls, it will probably happen. Oh, I'm <laughs> Fuck yeah. I don't know. <laughs> see, Steph does. But yeah, so. Yay! <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so it says if Mr. intervenes, I can't use it again for seven days but okay. if okay. it fails and she doesn't intervene then i can use it again after i finish a long rest mister get us all the shards oh that's a five it happened steph uh outside of doing the podcast um do you play online craps is that possible <laughs> i have never played that well, you should. You should start. Because okay. I think you can make a lot of money. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <Playing> it. <laughs> Just rolling some dice. All right. Uh, so those are all the level ups. Uh, really exciting moving into double digits here. And I'm really interested to see how I'll be able to keep up with you guys. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, what level were you when you guys fought a beholder? And it was a piece of cake. So that was seven. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, level seven. Wow. So, oh my god. It's just an exciting opportunity to get more creative. <laughs> and on that note. So where we last left off in Legend of the Silver Flame, you guys were taking the long road to Ildechester in search of the next kyber shard to add to your collection. You guys learned from Verna that there's only two kyber shards left in the world. All the other ones have been snagged up already by the Lords of Dust, and they lie in Ildechester and then north of Ildechester in Vokendale. Previously, you guys were at the tomb of the... uh, The tomb of the champion of the great war vardis the elf where you guys were in search of the ritual of destruction uh, an ancient ritual that was used in the first great war to destroy the silver flame and to seal the demons away in the kyber shards there you guys came face to face with lord thana herself 
who was trying to get the Ritual of Destruction before you guys, but was having some issues getting into the coffin because of a very special spell that was cast on it to prevent those of an evil alignment from getting into it. Before you guys confronted Lord Thana, however, Verna had a bit of a bomb to drop about Lena. She received word from Mistra about what was resting inside Lena's head all these years. Rak Tulkesh, the demon overlord that was attempted to be resurrected by the Lords of Dust, uh, by the Lords of Dust thousands of years ago in the First Great War. Bit of a bit of an argument broke out. There were some tensions, uh, but by the end of it, it felt like everybody just wanted to support Lena, be there for her, and uh, help her along the way. Um, although it doesn't seem like Lena necessarily wants help. That Question is mark? subjective to her. <laughs> <laughs> you guys had a pretty epic fight with Lord Thana, where Raktalkesh took over Lena's body, had a brief conversation with her, where. Thana thought he was coming back to her to beg her to be his first in command, but he revealed that he's been actually training Lena this whole time to become his new Lord Commander. The only person who heard this, however, is Giriad, and he decided to keep it to himself. <laughs> Very on brand. Yeah. The fight broke out. Hellhounds were conjured. Uh, five of the coffins in this great tomb were brought to life by side. They were whacking all these skeletons, which were trying to form into a giant colossal skeleton, but just failed miserably because you guys were just whipping their asses left and right. Um, Velvet made this bold sacrifice to remove some of the magic that Porter had imbued in his Lear in order to cast a very powerful thunder wave spell that sent shrapnel and rubble from this large rubble pile throughout the room in a giant thunder wave blast, uh, which did bear consequences for the group as mm. they found out later, yeah. but did help in the battle pretty significantly. It was very cool. <laughs> By the end of it, you guys brought Lord Thana to her knees. Lena had her grappled, and Sai ended up putting the last peg in the coffin, <laughs> casting a chromatic orb at her, burning her alive. And they kicked her into the dark pit that surrounded the platform the coffin was on. But not before Lena cut out her stomach as a trophy, directed by Rakhtal Kesh, however, because there was something more to be found in it. After that, you guys went back upstairs. Darian uh, talked to you guys, said that was awesome. Uh, he's going he's gonna to be following you to the Chester. Oh, yes. Yeah, he's, he's, he's coming with. He's coming oh, with. Oh, yeah. Darian, yeah. <laughs> I know, he's your favorite NPC. <laughs> for some, for some. Bro, for if, most, if not If we're so hungry, much. we can at least eat him. Oh. Velvet <laughs> definitely said that as they were walking away. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, you guys made camp using the Lords of Dust supplies, and Lena, directed by Raktolkesh, went for a walk on her own, but shadowed by Giriad once again. <laughs> Lena cut open Thana's stomach to reveal a scroll within it, a scroll that had been kept secret even from the other Lords of Dust. A scroll that was a resurrection scroll, written in Infernal. For what, exactly? I'm sure you can guess, but you can't be certain yet. Hmm. Which brings us to tonight's session. Bum, bum, bum. guys 
traveled the long way from the tomb, heading south to find the closest actual road to travel through. So you headed south all the way to Cladridge, the town of Cladridge. There, remembering that Lena's sister, Leanne, and her friend, Ristel, had decided to travel there oh, some weeks yeah. ago after your encounter in Bloomberg. There, you guys went to the quaint town of Cladridge on the edge of a small lake, which acts mainly as a place of rest for merchants and travelers on the road. And you did find Leanne there. Yeah. It turns out Leanne and Ristel have gotten married and are now living in Cladridge, making their living starting a new thieves guild. <laughs> I'm so proud. <laughs> they, <laughs> they welcomed you with open arms. They described how business is booming because they always have a stream of new clientele, as she did air parentheses, traveling in and out of town. She offered you guys rest in her guild, which is in the basement of a rented warehouse, which is uh, the front is a uh, storage rental warehouse, but underneath is the Thieves Guild itself. Mm. So you guys rest for the night, and Lena, you have a moment alone with Leanne as you guys are going for a walk along the edge of the lake that sits on the edge of Cladridge. She wants to catch up with you, and she says... So tell me, tell me everything that's happened since I last saw you. It's been so long. I'm, I'm glad you're safe and you're okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've been traveling a lot. We picked up... Uh, you met Darian, right? Yeah, he's he's the chatty one, right? He, he wouldn't stop talking at dinner. Yeah, yeah. We, um, we went to the Fae Wilds. That was crazy. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, and uh, Elysia. We, uh, we went there. There's very impressive warriors. Um, it's, uh, it's been a journey. It's, I, and she shakes her head and just smiles at, and stops and looks at Leanne and says, I can't believe my little sister's married. <laughs> yeah, as she scratches the back of her neck, she says, it was a long road up to Cladridge and, mm -hmm. I don't know, there's just something changed along the way. I just woke up one day and kind of saw Ristel differently and t turns out he's loved me for a really long time. I just didn't uh, see I think that. we all kind of <laughs> maybe I could tell even from the little bit of I uh, I saw of him but uh, I'm glad. I'm, I'm happy for you, Leanne. You seem happy here. I am. After everything that happened in Plunberg, it's it's been really nice to have Ristel as sort of my cornerstone, my rock through everything. <laughs> And to start afresh. And, uh, she, she sits on a boulder that's on the edge of the lake that just hangs over the still lake. And you, she looks down at her reflection in the water and says, so you still have a long way to go after this, don't you? Um, yeah, a, a little bit more, but... And she kind of kneels down next to her and says, I promise when I'm done, I, I want to come back here and spend some time with you. I won't be joining her guild. But uh, I, I, I want to spend time with you, Leanne. I promise, I do. She kind of just stares at you for a moment. And in the moonlight, she takes a really good look at your features. And she <laughs> says, everything's been happening so fast since you got back. I was so excited. I, this is the first time I've really looked at you. And Leanne, are, are, are you okay? She looks down in kind of a way not, not I don't know why she wouldn't expect that question from her sister but she's kind of taken aback and she like kind of sit, stands up and says yeah it's just been a long journey and um Cy snores so it's hard getting sleep sometimes and um, <laughs> he does <laughs> I'm no it's 
it's and she grabs your face and she looks right into your eyes and mm. she says, "No, it's it's not that. It's there's something different in your eyes. They <laughs> they look darker. <laughs> you you look tired. You're you're paler, and it's not just the moonlight and." Your hair is darker. I mean, you, you didn't dye it, did you? She kind of like steps away and like removes her hands from her face. And says, it's, it's, it's fine, Leanne. It's, it's, um, it's, it's fine. It's, I have it under control. Just magic, you know? Magic's weird. You know magic? L listen. I know we haven't had a whole lot of time to catch up after all the years that you left, but you can tell me anything. I, we're family. I love you, and nothing could get between that. If I tell you something, she's like seeing if Rack's like responding and is like kind of like no, or if he seems okay. Is he honestly? Saying? He seems he seems pretty dormant okay. right now. He's uh, yeah. If I tell you something, will you? Keep it between you. I, I don't I don't want to make you lie to your husband. Just maybe just don't tell him right now. Hey, I Ristel's not as important to me as you are, but don't tell him <laughs> I said that. Deal? She kind of smiles and says, okay. It's good to know. Um I have a a kind of dark magic in me. Um the reason like I, dad? No. Like his necromancy? No, diff it's um I I have a demon in me. I know it sounds weird, but something to do with she Plun just, Plunberg. Are you okay? She just stares at you for a moment, soaking in your words, and after you say something to do with uh Plunberg, mm -hmm. she just kinda laughs. She's like <laughs> What? What? And then she sees the seriousness with which you say your words, and she says, oh, you... Lena. And she stands up. There's a demon inside of you? I... There's a demon in you? Sh sh put quiet. You're... Please, you promised. Okay, I'm sorry, but this is a really big deal. You're no, saying there's a, a freaking demon inside it, of you. I mean, did it burrow? It's like, did it take over you? Like, what? How did this happen? Uh, um... You have to promise to keep this to yourself, because I... Well, are you putting anybody in danger with this? Because um, if you are, then I'm going to have a lot of a harder time keeping no, no, this no, secret. No, 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 it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's fine. He's, um, well, he maybe said some lies in the beginning, but he's been truthful now, and it's, it's fine. He's, he's looking out for me. He, um, I think he wants to help. Demons never want to help, Lena. No, you don't. Lee, he's been with me for a long time. He's the reason I... And I've been with you since I was born. It's, and I'm telling you, this is a bad thing. It's... I can't believe that. I can't. Lena, I think I think you should seek help for no, this. I, th I no. think you, you should see a cleric or, or something. No, or no, 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 no. She like, takes her hands and says, Leanne, you have to listen to me. You have to trust me. It's fine. I... I, I um... Is he making you go west? Um, It's complicated. It, it's... 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 Yes, but at the same time, we have to go there to collect the things we're collecting. To save everyone, to save the world, something like that. She, she takes her hand away from yours and she says, Listen, 
I'm glad you came back, but you guys should leave in the morning. It's by what? the sounds of this, this is really dangerous, and I just started life here, and may maybe you should get this sorted out before you come back to visit. What? It's fine. It's, re it's really fine, I promise. Look at you. What? You're missing hair. No, I'm... Your eyes are dark. You're not... You don't look the same. Listen, you, you believe whatever you want, but just... Just don't lose who you are along the way, whatever this thing is doing to you. I already lost you once before. You won't. I, I promise. I. That's a promise that you might not be able to keep. She like she looks pretty hurt. Leanne sighs and just looks out to the lake and says, Listen, I, I trust you, but whatever's going on in your head, just don't let it take away who you are. And I expect to see my sister back after you're done. Whatever you gotta do. Not some demon thing. With her hair normal and her <laughs> eyes bright again. She nods and then um, she kind of grabs her hand before she like, I don't know if she's going to walk away or anything, but she kind of grabs her hand and... Um, she pulls away her hand. She actually seems a little nervous to touch you now. Look, it's... I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a... F I'm... And she's like, she hasn't really said this out loud. She's kind of like, mm. I'm a, I've had this thing in my head since I was 10. I don't know who I'd be without it. I've given up so much. I didn't get to see mom. I'm afraid of who I'd be without him. He's given me all I am and all I know. It's never too late to start again. I'll see you back at the house. She just nods. And as she goes to walk away, she, she turns around and she says, I know who you are from when we were kids. You're, you're a good person, Lena. Just try to remember that. And she walks away. She just nods and she stays out there for a while, I think. Just, just kind of walking. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, so you guys rest the night in Cladridge and uh, do take off early the next morning. Uh, Leanne didn't uh, come to say goodbye, Lena. Uh, mm -hmm. Ristel told you that she had some work she had to do. Um, mm. Whether that's an excuse or not, though, you're not too sure. She kind of hides her disappointment from the others a little bit. I don't know if any of them catch it, but she's, she tries to brush it off as fine in front of the others. All right. So after a brief stop in Cladridge, <laughs> you guys are given supplies and food and you, can and you continue traveling west following an old merchant's road. For the next week, you guys travel along the outskirts of this great swamp and Ooh, in the middle of which swamp. is a great tree. <laughs> and you see Shrek approach you from the northern edge of the swamp. Somebody. And he says, what are you doing? No, no. Kill it. Uh, and Simon morphs into a, a donkey. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding, I can't. Uh, and uh, in the middle of this swamp, there's this great tree and the branches of this great tree reach up and touch the clouds. And surrounding the great tree seems to be a low-hanging storm cloud swirling around its great trunk. You guys see from afar, there are red strikes of lightning that flash in the distance every so often. Hmm, that looks ominous. 
to respond to that, Verna says, it appears the Lords of Dust might have already been there. Hmm. Agreed. That is the that is the capital where the lizard folk dwell. Well, not anymore, Velvet says. <laughs> oh. <Wait. laughs> There's no shard there, is there? If it was, it's not there anymore. There was, actually. Oh. Yep, there we go. Minus there. one. Mm. Yep. <laughs> so what do they have now? Three? Um, to my understanding, yes, they have three. Damn. Well, at least we know where the last three are, so it should be easy and incredibly difficult. That's great. Yeah, but they're probably... Easy and incredibly difficult. <laughs> they're probably on their way. They could already be where we need to go by now. I guess we better haul our asses then. They don't have our three. That's true. Mm-hmm. In the end of the day, it seems like one of us is going to need the ones that the other has. This is, uh, mm-hmm. seems like this is where this is going. Leaving the swamp behind, you guys begin traveling along the edge of a huge lake, the biggest lake in Valendia. Way in the distance, in the middle of the lake, you can see there's this thick fog that creates this dome, hiding something from view. And the whole time, Lena, as you guys are walking along the edge of this lake, traveling down the road, you can feel Rack's essence in you being pulled toward that fog dome like a magnet. Stop. Why? Uh, why? Why? Why are we stopping? What? So there's a fog. So there's a fog dome, and she's like, "Is it a head?" Sorry, like, where is it, Avery? Maybe I'm confused. It's in the middle of the lake, and it's way in the distance. It would take a ship to get there. Okay, then uh-huh. she. Um, sorry, she just kind of mutters to herself, "What is that?" Verna says, "In the center of the lake is the island. The island that is supposedly supposed to host the silver flame itself." It's a law that it's strictly forbidden to travel to that island, and centuries ago, apparently, Mistra set down this ancient creature to protect it. Mm-hmm. Oh. Darian chimes in saying, <laughs> well, apparently the, the Lords of Dust are supposed to meet there. Uh, I heard from the groups that once we're done in our respective places, uh, we're supposed to meet there in the end, and they, they didn't mention a creature. Hmm. No shit, Daria. Do you think that <laughs> after they get all the crystals, they have to go to the spot to put them in to get the flame? Come on, get with the program, Daria. Why are you still here? Actually, Velvet, yes, they do need to bring the crystals to the flame. They're connected. That's what I... Oh, my God. Move. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Darian. Don't listen to him. <laughs> it's Darian. <laughs> Darian. Sorry. I'm 62. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> Darian knows that to not be an issue because of he's seen you do your knee bends in your week-long journey. He knows you're limber of mind and body. <laughs> Lena mutters to Darian says, "Hey, Darian, don't worry about them. It's fine. It's I'm. I asked, and you answered the question. You and Verna. It's cool." Lena, you're my best and only friend. <laughs> um, Avery. Yeah. Over our, while, while I like run past Darian, can I say something to Girion really quickly? 
Of course. So when Velvet pushes his way past Dragon, Velvet's riding on a lion right now. Um, okay. he's of course just, he is. Yeah, he's just like going because, well, of now course, I, I don't have the, the uh, what, the goblet of inconvenience. It's not inconveniencing yes. me anymore. Thank the Oh, no, it's still on you. Oh, right. It didn't disappear. Oh, no. Is, is, is it, it, it's like I, I can use my, my fluff right now, though, right? Oh, I see. Yes, you can. Awesome. Yes, okay. Can. So he, it's he's, waiting for its next opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he kind of rides up to Geary, and he's been trying to be really nice over this past traveling because he knows, I, he kind of heard from the grapevine that he was responsible for Mimic after he went to bed, and mm. uh, he just, like, gallops next to him and, and holds out his his last thing of meat and goes, hey, buddy, thirsty? Giriad, uh seems really preoccupied writing something down in a journal, and then he kind of, like, uh, shuts the book really fast and uh, looks over in embarrassment. Hmm? Oh, uh, sorry, man, I, I, everyone needs alone time with their diary, I get it. I write, like, ten pages a night. It, it is not a diary. Oh, okay, band journal. Sorry, don't mean to, don't mean to <laughs> make yourself conscious there. But anyways, here you go. I, I I wanted to offer you my last thing of mead and check in how Mimic was doing. Um, how is Mimic doing, Avery? Still, uh... Mimic is still unconscious in a, in his coma. Okay, and I quote here: He is still unconscious, and then he drinks the mead. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I, I just, you know, I, I know that I've been, look, I, I just want to say that I, I'm sorry, Giri, that was, you know, it's not that, you know, I was just trying to save people and, and I, I didn't mean for that to happen and Mimic's so cool, you know, we, we eat mushrooms all the time and it was, it, it was great and, but, and, um, you know, if it's any consolation, the last time Mimic and I, we were fighting up there and he helped me a lot. Do you know the story of Guthrid the dwarf? Uh, no. <laughs> Guthrid once head out into the front of battlefield many, many moons ago, years ago, centuries ago. Are you talking about Brugdor? No. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I, just made up, I just made up a random dwarf on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing it down, Guthrid. It's lore now. All right. Guthrid ran ahead of battle. And when he did this, he alerted everyone where the enemy location was, but died during his stead. What you did was sacrificial, Velvet, and I am not angry at you. I call you a good friend. Aww. And then, then he just kind of keeps on walking, like with you, I guess. But, you know, so. He, yeah, Velvet goes, uh, thanks, buddy. All right, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go do my rear guard duties, but uh, we'll talk later. And you know what? I just wanna, I'm working on a new kind of music. I think it's gonna be all the rage, and it's, uh, I, I can only express it as getting a cathartic anger out that I, I think is, is <laughs> boiling up in society, and, and it's, it's made me. I came up with the name when I exploded the rocks and I rolled out of it, and I figured. <laughs> Rocks and rolls. Oh, <laughs> it, it, it's wow. got that earthy, guttural feeling of battle, you know. Why is the Why is the rock rolling? I well, I, I don't know, but it kind of rolls off the tongue, you know. I I got something like this. It's um, it's uh, um, I'm gonna fall on you. Don't you know I will? I'm a stalagmite in my eye. Good, right? Giriad, Giriad. Is that based off a real event? Darian says. Oh, shut up, Darian, but yes, it is. I dropped a stalagmite in the eye of the beholder. No big fucking deal. Darian gives you two thumbs up and keeps walking. Uh, I don't want your thumbs, Darian. Keep walking. 
well, he, um, actually, maybe, I, I, he tries to mimic Darian in this awkward way and gives you thumbs up. My approval is through these thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, buddy, I'll talk to you later in. All the best to mimic. Let's go, Lucy. And the lion runs back to do the is, rear guard duty. Is Velvet wearing the necklace <sighs> Garyd gave him? Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> no. he, he's, wearing it, he's wearing it proudly so i feel like it probably contrasts a lot with his and especially because he has mending now his his green fine silks have never been more nice like they're never dirty at all they're always super clean and pristine mm -hmm. but he has this necklace that is kind of almost framed by the rest of the clothing your eye kind of gets pulled to it it's funny because Geary's kind of the opposite. He's really dirty. I don't know if you guys picture that, but he's just like all the time. Yeah. Just never bathes. Yeah, he's really dirty. He he's almost never bathes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Legends tell of that dwarves of the past, a battle technique was to smell so bad that it would impose disadvantage on their enemies. <laughs> I believe it. You know what? I, I buy it. Whatever works. The Pepe Le Pew strategy, I see. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Darian pipes up as you guys see the mountain range in the distance. So so how do we get into Ilda Chester anyway? Mm. He uh, points at the mountain and goes, that is Fjordif Mountain. And that is where Idol Chester rests, right at the edge of it. Cool. Oh, what, like way up there? Yes. Ooh. Ooh, well, mountain climbing. He brought his climbing equipment. Mm -hmm. Did he bring well, his climbing equipment? And a billion feet of rope. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Lena can carry it. <laughs> I got you. I got you. However, it is surrounded by an 800 foot stone wall that stretches around the entire city and is built into the mountainside. It is impenetrable, unclimbable, and always guarded. Yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. Mm -hmm. Well, aren't you from here? I am. And I have a simpler way to get in there. Oh, well, do share. It is in the Underdark. Oh. Oh, yay. <laughs> dwarf see it as... it's like oh sorry go, go ahead, ahead go ahead okay I, I was gonna say dwarf see it as a rite of passage to prove that visitors are deemed worthy to see foot in Idolchester. oh good okay. uh, is there like another entrance that we don't have to no. move our metal no no mm. okay mm. can't we just like can't we just cash in the cool shit we've done already and be like you know it's like it's like a, it's like upfront payment you know you can uh, write some songs and maybe we can and you know sing them and, uh, about our, our adventures you can do a reenactment dancing piece yes you know oh interpretive I love dance. dancing he kind of does like a little move here. <laughs> guys 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 let's let Gyrion finish explaining what what we have to do sorry oh, i got caught up in right. dancing sorry i'm, so, I'm so sorry i do not do i know anything about did i leave through the underdark yeah anything? i was just i was just gonna ask yeah, yeah. you did okay oh, so okay. so gary knew you know your way very well through most underdark passages that connect to Ultichester at least <laughs> mm -hmm. so he goes i i barely remember the underdark but once i'm in there i feel like i'll recognize it my mm. father <laughs> told me stories of the underdark um period do you think the cultists would, would how how known is this information of getting to Idolchester? I mean, would the cultists know they have to do that? I'm do not sure. It Darian? is just well, it's it's well known amongst the oh Darian, sorry, my bad. I thought no, 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 I no, I, I asked you, and then she turns to Darian when you say no, and says, do, do you know? Oh, okay. Dar does Darian know? Well, well, my my group headed east, so I'm not really sure about the group that was supposed to head to Idolchester. Um, but I mean. Darren kind of looks around. He says, we are in a merchant road and it leads to Ildichester. They have to do trade a little bit, right? I'm sure mm -hmm. some people know. 
Good point. Uh, For once. Uh, thanks, Velvet. Don't don't let it get to your head, da- kid. Darian blushes. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Lena walks kind of closer to Geared and just kind of whispers to him quietly, hey, are you okay to be heading back home? Are you feeling okay about this? He pauses and thinks about it. Yes. It okay. almost comforts me. You know, my father told me a story of the Underdark once. Hmm. And it gave me great comfort. I started work late as a miner when I was five years old. Oh, oh. (laughs) (laughs) He would always call me lazy, and he was right. And he would tell me the story of the Underdark before I would go to bed. That would give me great soothing, great energy right before I fell asleep. Would you guys like to hear it? Yeah. Yeah, dude, I'm all ears. Yeah. In the first age, in the first battle, when the shadows first lengthened, evil stood amongst the embers of Idolchester. The souls of the damned blistered by the fires of the beneath of the anvils beyond ascension. One must choose the path of perpetual torment. Ah. Uh, Well, let's keep going. uh, (laughs) Oh. That's an uplifting Lena, story. Yeah. yeah, Lena mutters to uh, Sai and says, he, he heard that when he was five? Yeah, uh, I don't know about this. Uh... Giri, what was that last thing you said? It would be a great title for the new Rocks and Rolls album, or uh, the new Rocks and Rolls song cycle, he says, it... running forward. Oh, okay. <laughs> Reed turns to Verna, and she's actually been, like, a bit quieter with the group than usual ever since um, the experience with the uh, fighting Lord Thana and everything in the cave and mm. um, mm-hmm. so she's uh, kind of been talking a lot with Verna they've been traveling and she asks her what what have you heard about the Underdark do you think we should try to go through it dwarves are very serious about their traditions and customs I feel that if the city wants us to go through the Underdark that they wouldn't wish ill upon us to the point that we couldn't make it. But the Underdark is a dangerous place. It stretches further than anybody knows, the tunnels. And many strange creatures dwell down there that have never seen the light of day. But I'm sure we'll be fine. <laughs> Bree wow. just kind of gets a, a worried, bit of a worried look in her eye and she just nods to Vern and if, if we're meant to go through there, I'm sure Mr. will see us through. Mm. Yes, she will watch over. And then she pauses for a moment and you see her eyes just widen as she's standing there and her fingers are twitching and they come up to her necklace and she's just staring off at the distance for about 30 seconds or so. And then she takes a breath as the tension is released. What did you see? She turns to you and she places her hands on yours and says, Mistra wishes for me to depart. My services are needed elsewhere. Right now? It is an urgent task. I have to head north to Volkendale. Please travel safe. You too. I'm I'm sure we'll we'll meet again soon. I have a great feeling that our paths will cross again. I'm terribly sorry, Bree. I, I, I must go right away. It's it's quite a journey up to Vokendale, and, and time is of the essence. It, it's it's I, okay. I, I understand. She turns to the rest of the group, and she explains that she's going to be leaving. And she says, 
I, I'm sorry to leave you at a dire moment as we head into the Underdark, but I feel this is gravely important that I have to head north. Well, I'm going to miss all of you, including you, Velvet. Oh, do you got to go so soon, Varda? Oh, no. Well, if you, th if you oh. think it's best, but uh, this Bummer. will be a true loss to our group. Yep. Oh, sad. I truly, I, I don't think it's what's best, but I think it is what must be done. All right, then. Well, thank you. What? Thank you for all your help. What of Mimic? Hmm. She looks to you and says, I'm sorry, I cannot help him in the time I have. I understand. I'm sure he'll find a way. Thank you. And I, I'll, I'll take, I, if she has Mimic, I'll just take her at Mimic. Yeah, she, um, she's been kind of carrying Mimic around her neck in a makeshift, uh, what are those things called? Slings. Like, um, sli uh, thank you. Or what's like the bed thing called that you pick people up in? Oh, um, oh. I, I know what you're talking about. Oh my God, what are they called? Like yeah, you like lay them down on it. A stretcher, yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, thank oh, you, oh, Eric. Oh, okay. gee whiz. Uh, there's a makeshift stretcher that she's laid Mimic across oh. and put a blanket on top of him that she, uh, it hangs around her neck so that she keeps him safeguarded to her heart. And she removes this, the stretcher and puts it on around your neck so you have Mimic resting on your chest now, Gyriad. And she says, something tells me he will get better. I have faith, Gyriad. Thank you. And then I walk away. I kind of imagine Mimic, like, in this baby Bjorn thing. Like, you know, those those things that parents wear where they're kind of oh, yeah. kids sitting there. <laughs> oh, like, just on the front there? And yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they just take their kid <laughs> everywhere they go. <laughs> oh, That's Daddy awesome. Gary. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You guys travel a good part of the rest of the day until you come up, finally, to the cave entrance that leads into the Underdark. Mm. Along the archway of this cave entrance, you see wonderful dwarven-made stonework. And engraved into this stonework, it reads, Only those with steel of heart may find the kingdom of Ildchester. Hmm. I think that's me. What's and Lena story? walks in. I can't read. Are, are we talking literally here? Yeah, I'm, I'm oh. more of a... I, I, I got a warm, cuddly heart full of love and music. <laughs> Does that count? He's ass to the rock. I, I, <laughs> um, <laughs> telepathically, Brias, Gerid, do you know what they're talking about? You must have strong will. Yeah, well, should we expect anything less with the child labor laws they have here? Really? <laughs> My lord. <laughs> well, I, I, I think we've proven our mettle elsewhere, so... Uh, yeah, we took down freaking Lord Theta, right? Okay, yeah, guys, right? I think we're yes. good. We can probably go in. All I right. think so. Well, you know, before we go in, though, um, Garyad, what can you tell mm. us about the creatures we should be expected to find down here in the Underdark? I mean, I think we should be prepared here for uh, what we might might see when we enter. Most eat their young when they are starving and they cannot eat anything else, but when they smell uh, flesh of the mortals, they will want to eat you first. Oh, Go great. Got it. Okay. Got it. Everything wants oh. to kill us. Pretty much, that's pretty much the usual anyway. Oh. Let's go, baby. That's Woo. true. All right, here we go. <laughs> and you guys step foot into the Underdark. <laughs> D&D Legend of the Silver Flame will be right back after a brief word from our sponsors. And now, a word from our sponsor, Antonino's Pizza. 
our specialty is pizza. That's what we do. It's what we do best. We don't offer pasta. We don't offer wings. We don't offer fries. We stick to what we do best, and we believe we do it better than anyone else. The best pizza in town or your money back every penny. We have three locations, South Windsor, Tecumseh at Manning and Amy Croft, and LaSalle on Malden Road. And now, a word from our sponsor, Brimstone Games, your one-stop shop for all your tabletop needs. Located at 1421 Tecumseh Road East in Windsor. So you guys travel a familiar path to Garriott for some time through the Underdark along a torch-lit pathway. Hmm. For a while, the dwarven stonework and the architecture fills the tunnel and seems familiar hmm. until it slowly weans away into pure rock tunnel as you truly enter the first level of the Underdark. Oh boy. After a couple hours of traveling without hindrance, you guys come across a collapse in the tunnel that blocks the main pathway. Much rock and rubble completely covers the pathway you're supposed to take. But you do see that a different tunnel, about 10 feet in diameter, branches off from this obstacle, continuing, a, continuing in a direction that you have not traveled yet before, Giriad. What would you guys like to do? So we must take... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Are, are you, have you explained that to us? That, you know, yeah, the, way, the I, way that I, you know is blocked off? The way yeah. I know it's blocked off. Yeah, that's Thank what I was you. Okay, yeah. good. So, <laughs> but I was just confirming that. Um, so Avery, can we tell how uh, how deep this this rubble is? Because okay, here's what I want to I want to suggest. I can do a path. I can do pass pass wall, and I can go through stone. I can create a how, uh, how far does it go? Uh, <laughs> it can go uh, twenty feet deep. Twenty feet. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can certainly try. Uh, looking at it from the outside, you're not exactly sure how deep it could go through the pathway. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm-hmm. It's an option. All right. If um, you do that, can I at least check out, like, maybe through nature or something, like, to see if, um, if like, if I could, like, hit it and, like, listen to the rocks or some, some something stupid like that, see if, <laughs> if it's, like, dense at all or if it's hollow? Well, the boulders are quite sizable, and there's a lot of dust and rubble that it's pretty packed in. Mm. I don't think you'd be able to get information from knocking on it. Yeah, no. good point. All right, mm-hmm. well, guys, right. best of luck. Guys, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's fine. This has probably been collapsed for a while. They have yeah. this other tunnel. I'm sure it's fine. And yeah, you know what? I mean, Even if I do uh, put put a, a passageway through, who's to say there isn't more damage or, or couldn't fall on our heads? Exactly. So, should we try this other one? Well, we yep. have no choice. Okay. Lead the way. All right. Well, then, let's go. And then I uh, let's head towards the uh, other way, Avery. Okay. So you guys traveled down the much uh, smaller pathway in comparison to the large tunnel that you guys were traveling through until you guys come into a cavern opening. And in this cavern opening, you guys see that there's a campsite. You see a few things. You see that there are makeshift tents, the remnants of an old bonfire, possibly a cooking area. Uh, Giriad, immediately looking at this, you could tell this is not the work of dwarves. Um, another part you see about this campsite is that parts of the camp are destroyed entirely. Mm-hmm. And you see many giant holes in the ground and the ho- and the walls about the size of the one that you're walking through right now. Mm-hmm. All right. So let me think for a second, everybody. Uh, oh, what can I do here? What can I do here? What can I do here? Because I want to do something. Okay. 
I'm gonna sacrifice a spell slot, Avery. Okay. Um, and would you say that this terrain is mountain? <laughs> you are in a mountain, so definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So I'm going to p- put my hand on the ground. I'm gonna close my eyes and concentrate. And I am going. My um, my uh, my glyph on my face glows. My brand, sorry. Uh, and I am going to within six miles. I can um, detect creatures. Mm. Ooh. Wow. Okay. So you guys, let me look at my note here really quick. You guys detect creatures about two miles straight ahead of the camp through a specific tunnel, dead ahead. There's about seven or eight of them, but that one seems to stand out to you, Garrett. Um, can you tell what the creatures are or just that they're just the types of creatures, creatures that like way? humanoids, goblinoids, uh, monstrosities? Like, what are they? Okay, uh, two, two miles ahead through that tunnel, uh, you sense an ooze Ooh. two miles through a tunnel to um, dead ahead, and you sense goblinoids. Uh, in a similar direction as well, about one mile away. Um, okay, I lift my hand from the ground, my brand stops glowing, and I look at everyone else. This is not good. Oh no, I, uh, what did you sense? I sense goblin noise. Oh, oh, goblins, they, don't uh, like goblins. they always oh. sing off-pitched, it's horrible. <laughs> goblin choirs are the worst. <laughs> they also gather and kill you. Yeah, yeah, they do that oh, yeah, too. That, yeah, that's, that's probably. Worse. I mean, that's yeah. that's our only way forward, right? We just have to fight them. Let's go fuck up some goblins then. Thank, good call, Gary. This is really mm-hmm. useful. This whole you're like a little human sonar for monsters. This is wonderful. <laughs> and you wouldn't believe this, but he actually goes. <laughs> or dwarven. Velvet smiles like he's really proud of himself and like full of piss and vinegar. He's like, "Well, let's go, team. Let's go." <laughs> You might not want to yell. <laughs> oh, what? We got a world the same. Sorry, Lena. I'm just full of excitement. Before, before we leave, can we tell, like, who who actually camped here? Yeah, roll investigation for me. All right. I will do that. I, I will also do that. That's a good idea. Uh, that is a... Oh, that is a... 24. Ooh. Sai, it is evidently clear to you based on the crude construction of the tents, the crude rusted uh, utensils used in the cooking area, uh, that this was a goblin camp. Mm. Largely destroyed, though, by something. Mm. God. Good God. Oh, dear. So, uh, oh. so we're, we're expecting these uh, goblins to be our foes, but... Uh... Looks like something was after the goblins. Hmm. Mm. Though it might not be goblins. It could be a hobgoblin. It could be oh. a goblin, a hobgoblin warlord. It's Good a goblinoid. Point. Good point. Okay. Well, are we ready? Oh, Everyone I'm, I'm walking. Yep. Yeah, you've already gone. I imagine you've already gone down with your. Life. <laughs> so, uh, looking at before you guys go down a tunnel, um, you guys see the many pathways. Uh, the tunnel, Geriad, that you sensed an ooze presence down, mm-hmm. um, you see that on the side of the tunnel, there's something carved into the side of the tunnel wall, a, uh, a little picture. And the picture shows a chest with a circular object in the middle of it, and these rays 
that extend from the chest. Mm. Okay. The other tunnel uh, that you sense the goblins down, you see a skull and crossbones carved into that <laughs> tunnel. <laughs> Do we all see that? Yeah. Yes, everybody sees Lena us. points at the skull and crossbones and says, I vote this one. Oh, why on earth would you go down this one? Actually, more, I, I don't seems know. Seems more fun. Yeah, that seems like good inspiration for this new song cycle. I'm down. I, my <sighs> vote's with Lena. Giri well, what? strokes his chin here, and he's thinking, um, so you said that there's the treasure chest. Uh, something down the uh, one way, Avery? Like, Yeah, it, it, it looks very much like a treasure chest with a circular object in the center, and there are rays of light extending from it. Can I shoot it? Yeah. Gonna... Uh, you shoot it and and uh, nothing happens. It just bounces off the stone. It's just a carving in the wall. Ah, oh. Uh, oh, okay. Do, um, I, does Sai recognize? Um, can I do uh, investigation um, to see if I could re- if I recognize what this might be? Like if it's a common symbol for something? Oh yeah, I probably could do that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but so I'll have the two of you roll uh, this time. I want you to specifically roll. Nature. Ah, oh, good. interesting. Very uh, good. That's, that's not as good my investigation, but it's still a 17. All right, hold on one second, Avery. Um, 23. Nice. Okay. Uh, so, Sai, you don't really get a sense of anything specific, but Giriad, uh, you do have knowledge of goblinoids, and the skull and crossbones uh, is a sign amongst them of pathways and things that are hazardous or harmful to the goblins. Mm. Things they should avoid. Mm. So I relay this to the group, which means that there could be traps for us as well. Mm. But no goblins, so, you know. Actually, that was the tunnel that the goblins were sent down as well. Well, okay, so maybe <laughs> some dead goblins. Hmm? <laughs> well, what does the other thing mean? Uh, well, what does, like, what does the other thing mean, Avery? The other one, you're not sure. Mm. It's not a common goblin symbol uh, to give information to other goblins. Mm. Maybe you said it was a chest with a like a circle and some I rays coming one. off of it. I vote. I vote. Yeah. I vote. Do you think it might be uh, the the shard? I mean, it, it's circular, but uh, mm. I wonder if that's just uh, maybe yeah. it just means there's yeah. gems or something. Precious yeah, we're in a mountain. There's lots of gems here, right? Like, mm-hmm. but we should also expect that this might be a trap too, right? This is a, a lure yes. to bring us down there. Well, you thought that I thought that you thought that I thought Velvet Sense. <laughs> well, Giriad, you, I, I will go with wherever you think we should go. Hmm. I see towards the chest. Okay. okay. All right. Chest All right. it is. That's the way, Avery. Okay, right on. <laughs> this is the way. So you guys start walking down the tunnel with the chest symbol on it. You walk for some time again, uh, about two miles, you could say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when the tunnel opens into this large cavern, it opens onto the floor of this structure, this... It almost looks like you walked onto the floor of an ancient arena. You guys look around and you see elevated up are, is this circle of seats like a stadium looking <laughs> down, a, a box uh, up top to view what's happening on the floor. You guys see that um, in this circle there's small stone building structures and elevated platforms set up randomly in the area. Uh, old, rusted, and broken weapons scatter parts of the floor, as well as decaying skeletons that were wearing armor. Um. Now, 
as you enter this room, you see on the other side of the arena, there's a tunnel that looks like your best path forward. And the final thing you notice is in the middle of the arena, there's a two-story tall cracked stone pillar with a stone staircase wrapping around it. What is the group consensus? Well, I mean, that's... And she points to the tunnel. I guess wherever the tunnel is, that's that's the way forward, so... Daryl, there's only one way. We could go through the stands, I guess, or we could just walk through this arena. I mean, Alina, can Lena, like, look at... There doesn't seem to be any movement, right? Does it seem deserted? Uh, it seems deserted, but as you look around, your voices can be heard echoing through the cavern lightly. You hear a voice hmm. call out from the top of the ta- of that stone pillar in the center. Uh, hello, hello, is somebody there? P- please help! I need I need aid. Hobgoblins nearby attacked me. Oh, 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 no. This is your lucky day, dude. We're friggin' heroes. Wait, wait, wait I say. Oh, yes. Um, what is your name and who are you? <laughs> One more. One moment, I need to think of a, of a dwarven name. You see a man crawl over to the edge of the pillar at the top, and you oh, see it's a, an okay. older dwarven man, and he raises his hand, and you see in, uh, he has a little bit of blood on his hand, and he holds his stomach again. He says, I gotta think of a, of a dwarven name. Uh, <laughs> dwarven name generator. Bob. Do you say Brock? Yeah. Bob. Bob? I said Brock. <laughs> but Bob is good too. Filled with lots of H's and G's in there. My name is Brockus. <laughs> Brockus. Oh, your parents hated you. Hello, Brockus. Please help. I was scouting the area when I was attacked. Oh. Brockus, no. where did the dwarf. Where are the, the goblins? Where'd they go? Mm hmm. They went ahead to the Ildechester Gate. And Gary, you know that the Gate of Ildechester is a gate um, built in the Underdark that signifies that you're beginning to get very close to the city. Basically, you've made it through the Underdark. Oh my god. Ooh, okay. Um, so I go, hmm. You are outcasted They as well. ambushed me there and they, and they chased me down to this arena. And I can't remember the path back. How many? At least six, and oh. a leader, maybe more. Pushovers. I, I look over to the group and I kind of like give like a, ooh, that's not good. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, telepathically, Brees says, we need to help him. Yes. Sai's uh, gonna grab onto his amulet and I'm going to check him out to see if he's um, really who he says he is or what, the way he looks. Yeah, uh, so you scan him and Something does seem a little off about him. The The scanner seems a little bit confused. Mm. What, what's the kind of feedback I get from that? Like, is uh, it clear? You, or? You, you, uh, you are told that it is a dwarf. Um, mm-hmm. It's It gives you all the right information. It's a dwarf. Uh, they're a humanoid. Um, they're injured. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just seems... Like you get this feeling, something something's up. Like you, something's you, incomplete, like, and they're not getting the whole picture. Yeah, okay. like something's uh, being hidden from you. Hmm. And I, I convey that to the rest of the group quietly. 
Um, well, the Velvet's <laughs> gonna kick his his line. All right, Lucy, let's go. And he's gonna kick the line. And he's like, please don't let me die, folks. And he's gonna start to head up there on Lucy, provided she thinks she thinks she's gonna run faster. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So you begin winding the stone staircase up to the top of the pillar, and you see that laying on the ground is an injured dwarf, and he is bleeding. And he's he says he looks very old, and he says, "Oh, pra- praise be to you. Can can you please heal me? I I I need to get back home." Yeah, dude. I mean, yeah. That's that's cool. I'll I'll help you out. Velvet's gonna use. Minor, sorry, I'm looking for the my spell here. Yeah, no problem. While you're looking that up, uh, can oh healing word, Gyriad, can you roll perception for me? I, I will absolutely do that for you, Avery. Um, <laughs> just give me one second. Just for you. Just for you. <laughs> for no one so. else. <laughs> yeah, no one else. Uh, I got a sixteen. Okay. So, Velvet, you're going to be casting, sorry? I'm going to cast Healing Word on him, and he's going to get eight hit points back. Hey, nice. So you see his wound actually does close up a little bit, and he stops bleeding, and he says, Thank you. Now, Velvet, can you roll Perception for me? Yes. He's, he's like, really close, giving him, kind of using the spell almost as an excuse to get really close and give him, like, a once-over. Yeah, you get closer, and... Thirteen. Um... Since you are close enough, you catch a whiff of him, and he smells slightly like sulfur. Oh, no! <laughs> Velvet um, totally doesn't... I feel like his nostrils flare for a moment. He picks up the scent and just immediately goes like stone... Well, no, not stone-faced. He's like, oh, glad to help out a friend in need. All right, buddy, let's get you up. And he turns around from him and looks at the group and does like a really big eyes to to the group like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. As he makes those eyes to you, Geary, you notice there's a sort of rope that's strewn across the ground, and it leads to a building up the stairs of the building structure close to you. Hmm. Geary, it's like, what's that? And he like, and he just goes towards it. (laughs) Okay, you you, you climb up those stairs and you follow this rope, and you see that it kind of has this slimy texture. You Mm. notice that it runs all the way from that center pillar. You go up a ladder onto a second-story small tower on this building, and you come face-to-face with another dwarf, except his back to you, and you see a tether attached to his back. Um, I ready my bow, and I go, speak. He turns around, Mm. and you see this pale-looking dwarf with its jaw unhinged and these red, veiny eyes, and it looks at you. Velvet, in that moment, the dwarf grabs your arm. It looks at you, and its face begins to turn to this red, gelatinous form, and he begins melting into the pillar as he's still holding onto your arm. God damn it. I helped you, you dick. Out of the cracks of the pillar, you guys see from standing away, this red gelatinous ooze begin to squirch its way out from these inch big cracks, and they suddenly envelop velvet on top of the tower. And you see this red ooze has these morphing faces and skeletons floating throughout its edges of its Uh, body. Oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, Lena, seeing this, goes, oh my god, oh my god, and she goes through her bag and pulls out the identify necklace and holds it up. 
<laughs> and so, Velvet, you get swallowed by this ooze briefly. Lena, you pull out your thing and identify it, and you identify it as an Elder Oblex. What? Elder Oblex. And I need everyone to roll initiative for me. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, taught herself. Uh, 16 for Velvet. Okay. Uh, 19. 14 oh, for Sai. 24. Is it 13 okay. for Bray? Okay, so this thing swallows up Velvet, and uh, I'm gonna send you guys a picture of the battle map really quick, so you guys can get a look um, before we chat start. Or, or Facebook. Face, Facebook. Okay. Oh, oh my God, more rubble! Don't tempt me. <laughs> oh, yes. So, if we're looking at this, the black arrow in that hole—that's where you guys entered through. Okay. okay. Period. You are currently standing uh, where the black dot is on that structure, uh, the little tower there. It says stone block platforms eight feet high. Ahead of you guys to the right, you see a low three foot wall that would provide some cover. Behind it is some soft sand that'll create a um, difficult terrain. The center part is the center tower where Velvet is. And uh, beyond the structure on the left where Geary is, you see that there's this sort of ditch that was created uh, as a lower terrain. It's about five feet deep where you can take cover from things as well. Across the battlefield as well is a catapult that is actually loaded oh <laughs> with uh, a giant boulder in it, uh, a remnant of gladiators past for the dwarves. So, Giriad, yeah. you're standing on top of the tallest uh, tower besides that central pillar on the right side there. You're face to face with this dwarf that is a sulfurous impersonation of a dwarf. Um, and first, so Lena, let me let me give you the lowdown of the Elder Oblex. Yeah. Uh, this thing is a huge ancient ooze. Yeah. It has very high intelligence and constitution. Uh, it's immune to being blinded, charmed, prone, deafened, and exhausted. It knows every language <laughs> that it uh, that it learns from its eat memory move. Mm. Um, you also learned that uh, it doesn't like fire. Sweet. Oh, and yes. it has uh, a sulfurous impersonation so uh, it can basically um, of the creatures that its memories it's eaten it can create that creature in a perfect replication oh, and and learns all of its memories the languages it knows everything it, it, it experienced in life um cool one last thing if I may before we start so we saw this this, this thing come out this ooze um does it look like I, it can, I'm assuming it can like go down walls and stuff like that. It doesn't look like, does it, have we seen it kind of move around? Like, can it move down vertical surfaces? I mean, you saw it uh, come up from these small cracks in the tower. So you could tell that it move, it can move through small spaces at least. And, and how um, deep are the holes? Uh, the holes are deep enough to not be able to see the bottom. Hmm. Oh wow. god, I don't know how we're gonna kill this. <laughs> okay. Through friendship. Yeah. Do you mean like the <laughs> holes that are on the battlefield, like those two big holes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're they're pretty deep. Okay. So Geary, you're standing face to face in front of one of these uh, sulfurous dwarves as he looks at you. What would you like to do? Ah, uh, I readied my bow. You know what? I'm going to. 
I'm just gonna shoot. This is my this is my this is my thing. I'm just gonna shoot. <laughs> like, like simple start, simple start. <laughs> I'm going to shoot the thing. All right. Okay, sounds good. So my first attack was a uh, 15. The 15's actually going to miss. Yeah. Fuck. And then my and your second attack. Second attack, using sharpshooter by the way, is 12. Ah. So I missed. Okay. Yeah. So you try to ready your bow and really focus on these shots, but the uh, the sulfurous dwarf moves out of the way of the first one and holds your bow steady so you let a second arrow fly on the second one, and he takes a step back from you. Okay. Anything else after that? Um, I'd like to um, um, move away from him. Yeah. Okay, so he will take an attack of opportunity against you. Awesome. Okay. And that's definitely going to miss. So he swings this uh, this pickaxe that he had attached to his back, and he swings wildly, moving slow since he's not truly himself. And where would you like to move? I would like to move um, behind the soft sand here. Uh, with your 30 feet of movement, the closest you can get is to the bottom of the stairs. Oh, okay. In that case, I'll move to the bottom of the stairs. Sorry. Yeah. All right. No, no problem. So, Gary, you take your two shots, move to the bottom of the stairs. So, next up is going to be the Elder Oblex. So, first thing he's going to do, since he has you in his Kalech's Velvet, is he's going to eat your memories. You so, I need you asshole. to make a wisdom saving throw oh, for me. Oh, I have advantage oh on those. Hell yeah. Th th this is technically magic, right, Avery? Yes, it is. Yes. Yes. Okay, an advantage on that. And wisdom is plus one. Fifteen. So that's actually going to fail. Oh, fuck. The DC was 18. So this thing begins to suck on your skull as the ooze is like a vacuum trying to eat your memories. And first you take 39 psychic damage. Oh, and like now shrivels up into a noticeable prune <laughs> inside this jelly. And you are now memory drained until you finish a short or long rest, or until someone casts greater restoration or uh, some sort of healing spell. So what this means for you now is every time you make an ability check or attack roll, I need you to roll a d4 and subtract that from your roll. Oh. Mm. Okay. Okay. Cool. So after the ooze eats your memory, he releases you and sends you tumbling down the spiral staircase. You don't fall off the pillar, but you go about 10 feet down as you're feeling the, the psychic energy from that. The next thing he's going to do is jump off of the pillar oh and he smashes onto the ground and he takes another five feet of movement toward the big group at the hole. Oh. And mm. after that, uh, that's his turn as he begins moving toward you guys. So he's about 20 feet away from that group at this point. The, then we have a dwarf that you guys did not see at first stands up from that low wall that's to the north just below the soft sand mm. and he pulls out another pickaxe and he begins taking his movement toward you, Gyriad, and he's going to be making one attack against you here. And 10 does not hit. So he swings wildly as you duck under his war pick, uh, his war pick swing. And that's his move on that. After that, another dwarf oh that you God. didn't see connected from a tendon uh, to this elder Oblex, standing actually in the stands. Uh, there's a little black dot with oh, a number yeah, four yeah. there on the southern part of this. Oh, he stands yes. up and he brings out a bow and mm. he uh, begins moving to the right. He takes as much movement as he can along the edge in those 
those seats that are about 15 feet above the arena floor. And he's going to take a shot at you, Garriott, because he sees you and some action going on there. Okay. And does... Okay, a 23 will hit Absolutely, as this yeah. arrow pierces you from afar. And you only take four piercing damage. Wow. Yes. <laughs> as an arrow just clips off of your shoulder. Awesome. Then, after that, Lena, you are up. So there's a dwarf right next to Geriad. The giant ooze is moving towards you from the pillar. Velvet got tossed down the stairs. Two more dwarves appeared on the right and the left. What would you like to do? Lena yells to the group, we need a plan and we need one now. I will try to keep this ooze distracted, but somebody think of a plan or we need to run. Um, and uh, can I reach the ooze? I have 40 feet of movement. Yes, you can. Okay, so... Lena, her eyes go black and she rages. And before she uh, leaves the group, she turns to Sai and goes, want to see a new trick? And she uh, she lights her axe on fire. Oh. Um, and she seems very proud of herself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she's going to run at this thing. Um, she got a 22 and, a, and she crit. Okay, nice. both of those hit. So and roll a percentage dice for it me. It was for the fifteen, crit. so didn't get anything. Ah, oh, damn. Okay. But um, that would have been bad if it was a crit fail. <laughs> <laughs> um, so total damage is a uh, forty-eight slashing damage and fifteen fire damage. Oh my god. Okay, so what's that a total of there? Sixty-three or something? Uh, yeah, sixty-three. And it takes the full damage from both of these things. So let me just mark that damage. And the fire damage that you do, it, as soon as it takes this fire damage, you hear this an indescribable screech from the ooze as it vibrates. And now, because it took fire damage, it has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks until the end of its next turn. And oh, nice. um, uh, the first one was reckless, so it has advantage on attacks against me. And uh, because I used the silvered axe of the ram, it actually gets pushed 10 feet back. Oh, okay. Nice. So all the movement that it took to get closer to you guys, this huge ooze gets shoved back as this sheer force explodes off the head of the ram and it gets sent back like shaking jello <laughs> and reasserts itself on the ground. Now, after hearing this explosion, is that your turn, Leah? Yeah, I was going to say also just a reminder that the ancestral, well, the, the weird Rax ancestral protectors come out too. So it has disadvantage on attacks against anybody else. I don't know if that Perfect. includes its yeah. dwarven, like the creations, or just him. Um, I think it has to be uh, with people you attack. So cool. anybody so you has an attack, the... you haven't attacked. Perfect. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Just the ooze. Nice. All right, it's a double disadvantage, <laughs> which doesn't exist, but it's a nice thought. So Velvet, you get sent rolling down these stairs and you feel so drained oh. and you just hear the blast of Lena's axe from behind you. What would you like to do? Oh, what the fuck? Ooh, where, uh, for a second he's like, he's like, all right, what year is this? And he's <laughs> trying to figure out what's going on. And Lucy's licking your face aggressively, trying to get you to stand back when up. When did I get a lion? Oh, and he looks around and he goes, oh, a blob. I think those are my friends. I, maybe. I'm about 77% sure. And he, um, how far away is he from the, the major blobby? Because I'm still on those stairs, right? Yeah, at this point, you're about 20 feet away since you're on the opposite end of the stairs. Ooh, there. cool. Okay. Then Velvet, I feel like all the spells, they're all kind of still jumbled in his head. But the thing he does remember is he's like, I have something in my pocket that goes 
boom. And he picks out of his pocket, picks up two crystals filled with necrotic water, and goes, water and jelly, do not mix, baby! And he whips them both at the creature. Nice. Nice. Okay, so I need to make a dexterity saving throw, uh, don't I? Uh, yes, you do. You do need to do a dex saving throw. And what's your spell save, DC? We'll use that. It is 17. It just went up. Oh, okay. So the ooze fails, and Lena, since you're yes. right up in this ooze's face, mm-hmm. as this cascading of two giant waterfalls of necrotic water come pouring down, I need you to make a deck save too for me. Sure. Yeah, sure. I feel like if you've seen that scene from Inception, it probably looks like that right now, just with water coming oh my in. God. <laughs> I have danger sense, so I have advantage on deck saves, and I rolled a six for both of them, so that's a, a nine <laughs> total. <laughs> Okay, Lena, so you see this necrotic water falling down on you, and you're about to move, but Rack holds you in your place. What? You feel you're anchored in your spot, and this water washes over you, and you do not take any of the necrotic damage from it. Oh. Yay! She kind of braces herself and then notices nothing happens. And you get the sense that Rack has your back in this. The closer you get to him, the more you're bringing on his powers. She just kind of smiles as if, thanks. I rolled 25 damage, Avery, for that. If okay, the blobs can take damage. the full damage. And I, I was that. hoping that, like, did, did, did some of the water's power manage to break up some of the jelly bits or dissolve anything or anything? Uh, none of its tendons leading to these other dwarves got uh, cut, oh, so no. Oh, okay. And, 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 and the kind of general bulk or mass is the same still? It hasn't, like, gotten tinier? Correct. Gotcha. Okay. Mm. Okay. So after that, Sai, you see this cascading necrotic waterfall shower down on the ooze. There's a dwarf right in Giriad's face. There's a dwarf on the stands to the left above you. And of course, the giant ooze about now 30 feet away from you. What would you like to do? And where is Lena right now? Uh, she moved about 15 feet. No, so I apologize. About 20 feet ahead of you uh, toward the central pillar. Okay, so I'm going to, um, because she's within 30 feet, I'm going to cast Haste on her. And do you remember all the stats, Lena, or, um, Carla? Do you remember what you get with Haste? Somebody went to go pee and got caught. (laughs) Disadvantage on your next attack roll, Carla. How dare you, boo. <laughs> Fuck! That's actually so funny. That's the first time somebody's been caught that? doing that. I think that's the first time. No, yeah. she no because yeah. she sneaks away a lot. She just got caught this time. Oh yeah, first time she got caught. Oh, yeah, the first yeah. time she got caught. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Damn. Um, and then nice okay, try. well, so after that, I'm gonna hide. I'm gonna see if I can hide. So um, the so while we're waiting for her to come back, is there a good place to hide? That there's that wall, but there's like a thing, uh, a dwarf on top of it, the one near the soft sand. Near the soft sand, that dwarf moved around toward Giriad. Um, okay. So you won't be able to take the hide action, but you will okay. be able to take movement to go behind that wall. Right. Okay. Yeah. That, that's what I'm going to do after I, I let, let Lena know I, I gave her haste. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got caught, Carla? Huh? You would pee, didn't you? I did. I totally yeah, did. You got oh! <laughs> I was going like... Lena, I'm casting haste. Silence. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's just go over haste, uh, because I'm sure um, I don't even remember exactly what's in it. So uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I remember. Yeah, hit hit me. So uh, your speed is doubled, plus two to AC. You got uh, advantage on dexterity saving throws, and you get an an additional action. Sweet. You can attack twice. Boom. Boom. Mm -hmm. Boom. Right on. 
And Sai, as you move into that soft sand, it is difficult terrain, so every movement that you take in the soft sand now is going to take twice the movement. So okay. you'll only be able to move 15 feet on your turn until okay. you get out of there. Got it. But you do take cover behind there. It's half cover. So half cover, I believe, gives you a plus two to your AC and dexterity saving throws uh, against attacks and effects from the other side. So, Sai, you just did that. Now, the final dwarf begins crawling up from that ditch area on the southern part, and he begins just taking his full movement toward everybody on the top right there. So he gets about right next to the ooze. That's his full movement, and he's holding a war pick in his hand as well. Mm-hmm. After him, Bree, you're up. What would you like to do? Um, so did I see Velvet kind of fall down the stairs and see the way he's acting? Like, he looks pretty out of it. Yes, you did. <laughs> okay. Um, so I am going to cast one of my new spells that I got on him. Yes. And I am going to cast um, Heal Whoa. at 6th level. Whoa. He, he's, um, he's like within 60 feet of me, right? Yes, he is. Okay, perfect. Um, yes, yeah, so um, Bree is just going to look at him and she's going to hold on to her necklace and she's going to send this like wave of emerald green energy over to him. Um, and it is going to give him back uh, 70 hit points, so he'll Damn. be back to full health. <laughs> wow. Holy crap! And Velvet, as this energy washes over you, you feel that exhaustion and the memory eating go away. You're back to normal health, and you no longer have uh, an impediment to your rules. It's taken away. Oh man, I'm back here. Shit, I forgot that we had to save the world. God. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, after Brie casts that, she just kind of like turns away and looks at what the group's doing. Any movement from there? Um, no, she's going to stay where she is. Right on. Okay, so finally we have the dwarf that Gary confronted in the beginning. He begins taking his movement down. He goes down the stairs and he's in the fray as well, but that was all his movement to get there. He won't be able to make an attack yet. Which brings us back to the top bit of initiative with Giriad. So at this point, Giriad, the ooze is about 20, uh, about 25 feet away from you. You have two dwarves now. Sorry, my apologies. No, yeah. Uh, you have two dwarves on either side of you that are flanking you. What would you like to do? So, uh, Giria does something rather strange. He cocks a smile. Mm-hmm. And, he, huh. and he closes his eyes. And he just holds his hand to his chest and his brand goes. And as a bonus action, I'm going invisible. Yes. Oh, oh nice. right on. Okay. Nice. So they instantly, everyone loses sight of you. Whoosh, you're gone. <laughs> All right. What and would you like to do next? Is that soft sand um, magical? Oh. Nope, it's just very soft sand. Okay, but that means that I don't, um, I don't get slowed down by it. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, uh, that's a ranger yeah. uh, mm. perk, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So what I'm going to do is I am going to run, um, um, to the center of the soft sand. Um, right on. Hide behind that cover there, that wall. Okay. And um, like you know what I mean, like like hide is in like I'm not using it hide as an action. Yeah, yeah, you're just uh, taking cover behind it. Yeah, and what I'm going to do as an action is cast flame arrows on my arrows. 
Hmm. Oh, hmm. Nice. nice. So no attacks of opportunity because you cannot be seen by these guys. If they had the ability to feel confused, they would be right now. <laughs> and the tips of your arrows instantly light a flame. And Sai, you notice a sudden light just grow right next to you. And Giri becomes visible to you. There we go. As he's sitting next to you there. Awesome. Cool. So after that, the Elder Oblex, he's going to turn to you, Lena, mm -hmm. as you're facing off with him. And I need you to make a wisdom saving throw for me. Okay. Mm. That's plus one. That's a 12. Okay, so it casts confusion on you back. as this red energy circles around your brain and whips your head back. Now what this means is that as this energy assaults your mind and twists it around, it spawns these delusions and uncontrolled actions. <laughs> so now what that means for you is mm -hmm. you can't take reactions at okay. all which means no opportunity attacks. Yep. And at the start of every turn, mm -hmm. you must roll a d10 to determine your behavior. Sweet. So if you roll a one, <laughs> yeah. So if you roll a one, you have to use all your movement to move in a random direction. And you determine you determine it by rolling a d8 and assigning a direction to each uh, way. Uh, two to six, you don't move or you don't take actions that turn. Shit. Seven to eight, you use your actions to make a melee attack against a randomly determined creature within your reach. Oh, shit. Um, if there's nobody there, you do nothing. Oh, I have and 80 feet of movement 10. now. Oh, fuck. Oh, wow. With haste, that's right. Yeah. Ooh. And on a 9 to 10, you can act and move normally. Okay. Okay. So cool. Cool. at the start of your turn, so I'll have you roll a d10. I'll let you know what happens. Awesome. Now that it's cast that spell, it moves right past you, Lena, taking Shit. its full movement to get even closer to where Bree is. And Bree, it gets about 15 feet away from you at this point. <gasps> okay. Next up, uh, one of the dwarves uh, takes its movement to follow you, Sai, mm -hmm. and it makes its way behind the sand there, and it's gonna take a war pick attack on you oh, no. and does a 15 hit. Uh, yes, it does. All right, so you're gonna be taking five piercing damage as he swings his war pick and it sinks into the side of your stomach, not going too far. It seems to be rather sluggish as a creature. Hmm. And that's its turn. After that, another dwarf, the one in the stands, continues taking its movement again along the edge of the seats there. And it takes a bow attack against you, Bree, and does a 16 hit you, Bree. A uh, 16? Yes. That is exactly my AC. All right, so an arrow flies through the air and pierces into your shoulder for four piercing damage. Okay. And it lets out a sort of yell <laughs> in celebration as it's causing some damage. After him, Lena, I need you to roll a d10 yep, for me. here we go. That's an eight. An eight. Okay, so on an eight, let me go back to the spell here. On an eight. You use an action to make a melee attack against a randomly determined creature. Now, the closest creature actually is one of the dwarves that hasn't had its chance to move uh, in more yet. Um, so feel free to make an attack roll against that dwarf. Is that my whole action or do I just do an additional one against him? That's it. That's all you get That's to it? do. That's it? Okay. Yep. That, can I use reckless? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Okay. That's a, t and, a 23. And okay, that that'll definitely hit. And that is um, 12 slashing damage and six fire. Okay, so 18 and one yeah. action for you is two attacks. So make another attack roll for me. Okay. 
It's a crit fail. <laughs> oh, oh shit! Roll a percentage dice for me. Uh, okay. Don't roll brand. like last time. Don't Keeping roll like last time. Brand. 72. Okay, so you're good. You just miss. <laughs> you feel your axe almost about to fly out of your hands as your mind is so confused, but you oh, just managed to grip tight. And uh, as you dealt 18 damage to the dwarf in front of you, you create a sizable gash across its chest and you see red ooze protruding and pulsating within its frame under the flesh. It seems to be all it's made of is this red jello-like substance that's pulsing like a creature. And it's almost dead. You see it's not looking great. Someone kill this thing. <laughs> Velvet, you're up next. So you're still on the stairs up uh, very close to the top of this pillar. What would you like to do? Okay, and, and I'm, I'm feeling pretty good mentally, which is nice. So... Oh, yeah. This thing is immune to being charmed, so that's a shame. That's kind of yes, Velvet's bread and butter. And is it immune to being feared, Avery? Or no, it, it is not immune to being frightened. Oh, wow. That's... Nice. Okay. So then Velvet's going to have an idea, and Velvet's going to go, hmm, I wonder what a jelly monster fears. <laughs> There's something higher in the food chain than it, apparently. Could I just do, like, a... I don't know if this would count as my turn, because I plan on doing something. Could I do, like, a general insight check to see if I might be like, oh, yes, yeah, a common folklore about giant jelly. Is they're afraid of this? Uh, I'll make it your bonus action. My bonus? Okay, Bone. yeah, okay. Um, can I do Bone. my bonus action first, if that's... Oh, absolutely. You can do action, bonus action, movement in any order. Love Doesn't it. Matter. Okay, then I'm going to run up to it a bit closer, and I'm going to do my bonus action, so I'm going to try to give it a read. Uh, roll nature for me. Nature. Okay, plus three. Not bad. Oh, 21, baby. <laughs> okay, so you know this thing has an aversion to fire, so anything to do with fire will probably send it running for the hills. Mm, okay, mm. yes, yes, fire. I think I have just the idea, and he cracks his hands, and I'm going to cast fear on it. Okay, is that a wisdom saving throw? It must do a wisdom saving throw. Damn, its intelligence is, is, is insane, but its wisdom, not uh, so much. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Does it have disadvantage still, or advantage? Or... Am I making that um, up? It, it only has disadvantage on attack. Rolls. Attacks, okay. Um, you have to beat a 17, Avery. It failed. Yes. So let me know what happens next. So oh. Velvet cracks his, his fingers and he goes, all right, let's break out some of this new music. And he, he like strums and instead of his like delicate, quick notes, it's this much more like guttural, angry strums as he's strumming and, and conjuring nice. from this leer. He's like, you will be dead before dawn. And he strikes his cord and a giant flaming octopus comes sprouting out of it. Oh. With like all of its arms waving towards this thing. And you see this thing recoil and vibrate from where this giant fire octopus descends from the cavern ceiling. And it's waving its arms. None of you can see this, but in its mind, this giant flame octopus is waving its tentacles at it aggressively, almost like spooky fingers toward it. It lets out an ink cloud of fire. And this thing, it has to take a uh, move, movement away on its turn or It does, right it has away? to take a dash action to move away uh, by the safest route available on each of its turns, unless it can't see it. Okay, sweet. So, um, on its turn, that'll happen. So this thing is frightened of you right now. Huzzah. Yes! yes. <laughs> nice. Dance, my octopus of fire! <laughs> Velvet's, like, laughing behind it. You can see, like, his, like, flame, <laughs> wavy face laughing maniacally. 
So Sai, you're behind yes. the wall. One of the dwarves just took a swing at you. You see the ooze recoil in fear. What would you like to do? I'm just gonna do do my old chromatic orb and just cast right um, a uh, second level chromatic orb of fire energy at this dwarf that is right next to me. Okay. Okay, and that's a 19. That'll definitely hit. Roll some damage for me. All right. Okay, 31 damage. Fire damage. Okay, so you blast this thing with fire, and the whole essence of this thing gets set ablaze. You see the fire travel down this ropey tendon connected to it very quickly up to the ooze, and it the tendon lights a flame and dissipates, and the dwarf immediately crumples to the ground, and its flesh falls off its skeletal bones, and the skeleton is just left over. Oh. Well, there we go. <laughs> And kind of Any dust off his hands. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still going to stay where I am, though. Get the cover. Okay. Sounds good. One dwarf down. After Sai, we have one of the dwarves. Uh, the one that was still kind of in the center, closer to the ooze. He's going to move his way right up to uh, you, Sai. He takes his move to you, and he's going to take a swing with his pickaxe. And let's see here. Uh, eight will not hit. Yes. So he takes a swing and you duck under it. He sticks his pickaxe into the lower wall and he struggles to grip it and pull it out for a moment. And then he finally pulls it out and he lets out this irritated grunt. Knee bends. After that, Bree, you see the ooze trembling in fear in the sort of center of the room between you and the pillar. Another dwarf just walked up to Sai and we still have that dwarf that's up uh, on the stands where the, all the seats are with his bow and arrow. What would you like to do? So the ooze that's in the center of the room, um, I want to cast one of my new spells on it. And I think this is probably a spell that um, Verna taught Bree as they were traveling. Kind of something okay. they did while they were um, nice. spending Aww. time together. And it's called Flame Strike. Nice. And so this vertical column of uh, divine fire, so it's gonna be this like emerald green fire is going to come down onto the uh, ooze and it's like it's got like a 10 foot radius and it's about 40 feet high nice okay so does it make a save or do you yes cast the ooze has to, to make a dexterity saving throw for its size it's actually not too bad because it is frightened though it has disadvantage on its ability checks yes okay. so mm -hmm. i'm gonna roll dexterity with disadvantage and uh, a 13 will not pass, will it? No, it won't. Yes. So okay. It is going to take 4d6 fire damage and 4d6 radiant damage. Oh, nice. You feel the connection to Mistra fueling this fire with radiance. And what's the damage going to be? Um, so that is uh, 16 fire damage. Okay. And, um, oh, again, 16 radi uh, radiant damage. This giant uh, flame strike comes from above and slams into it uh, with this emerald green flame, and it lets out that screech once again as you guys are surrounding <laughs> it with the thing it probably fears most, all these flames. Do you want to take any movement, Bree? Yes. I am going to move towards um, the the wall where the near where the sand is. Okay, so you uh, go closer to Sai there. I'll yeah, say so you I'm can take your full movement. All right, so Sai's on one side, the dwarf is in the middle of you, and you're on the other. Is that cool? Sure. All right, so after you take that movement, the dwarf that's still in the middle of the room approaches you, Lena, and he's going to take an attack against you. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're confused, I don't think it does 
uh, anything to give it advantage, uh, I don't suppose. So we're just going to roll a straight attack here. And a 13 won't hit, will it? Nope. Okay, so he takes a wild swing, and in this moment, you duck under, and you brace yourself facing off with a dwarf. That's approach to you now. <laughs> After him, we go back to the top of initiative with Giriad. So, Giriad. Giriad, you're invisible behind this wall, only seen by Sai so far. Not, my, not anymore, because it started my turn. So, um, I... Oh, okay. Um, I'm not invisible anymore, but um, do, uh, do I see the gelatinous um, creature? It's smack in the middle of the room awesome. there. It hasn't moved too much. Okay, yes, okay, do. awesome. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, as a bonus action, mark it, which means I get an extra D6 on it. So <laughs> oh, that man, means okay. that when I shoot this um, arrow, I, which is a, still my fire arrows, for the next 12 ammunition I use, it'll be an extra D6 with the fire. So that's 2D6 on this thing. Um, Hell um, yeah. All right, let's all right. roll the hit. Dirty 20. Oh, I'm using sharpshooter. I'm That'll using hit. sharpshooter, by the way. Okay. Dirty, dirty, 20, and 18. Both hit. Okay, are you ready? Yes. All right. Kill it with fire. This is going to be insane. Plus five twice because of my, you know, my proficiency. Plus yep. 10 for both, so that's plus 30 alone. <gasps> oh my god. Kill it. Before Kill he it. even starts rolling dice. So yeah, that's true. It's true. Plus 30. <laughs> Plus two D six equals oh my god. Oh my god. fifty-three damage, Avery, due to this thing. Thud thud. Oh okay. God. So it begins to take its movement, trying to sink itself back into the cracks of the pillar, trying to hide, but Gary, you come up, you knock these two fire arrows, letting them off one by one, and how do you want to oh. do this? Yes. I um my brand starts to glow really, really bright, and I, I take two arrows for the bow, and I shoot it at the same time, and I just let out like a roar as I just like shoot them both at this gelatinous thing, and it just like as the, as it like sets oh. a flame. Lena looks so proud. Thank you. <laughs> it sets a flame from the inside. These arrows burning it from the inside out. It begins to wriggle around, letting out these terrible screeches. All the dwarves it's connected to begin dropping their weapons and letting out these screams as well in these gurgly, low voices. And the fire creeps further and further through its body. You can see, and it reaches its outer perimeter. And the gelatinous and the gelatinous ooze explodes in a rain of fire within its vicinity, not raining down on anybody. <laughs> and it lays in a giant puddle in the center of the room, dead. Yes. 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 Good job, Garyad. How are the other things still alive? The rest of them, the tendons disconnect and burn up, and they all drop to the ground immediately, mm. reverting back to their skeletal forms. Mm -hmm. Let us move, and then we start. And I start moving. Le uh Lena says, wait, wait, one second, one second. Uh, she takes out the empty flask that used to have the holy water. Can she fill up oh, some no. of the ooze from the from this blob? Yeah, hell yeah. So you, oh my God. So it won't give you any benefits or anything. It's no, no, just yeah. uh, kind of a trophy. It's a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Elder Oblex ooze, I guess. Yeah. That'll be worth a shiny penny. So Avery, we didn't see any uh, treasure chest in here, right? As you're taking a look around, you notice a treasure chest half sunken in the sand in yes, the ditch I. to the left. <laughs> hey, look what I found, guys. What did you find? Uh, a treasure chest. Remember the, the carving? Look, I found it. 
The prophecy um, has been fulfilled. Can, oh, hold, hold on, hold on. Uh, you know, we, we got to be careful here. Can I do an arcana check to see if there's any, like, spell around it or anything like that? Yes, roll arcana, please. That would be a 16 plus 9, so that is a Five. 25. Five? You're absolutely certain this chest is free of any magical effects. All right. Um, oh, okay. so, uh, let me, sorry, let me just backtrack. You were just doing the chest, right, to see if it was safe? Oh, uh, yeah. Like, that's what you're asking? Yes. Hmm. Okay, yeah. The, uh, the chest is completely mundane. Okay. Um. <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't meant to scare you. I was just clarifying yeah, okay. for myself well, you know, to make sure I heard it right. I only focused on the chest. So, okay, so um, I, I uh, however I open it, so I, like, lift up the little handle or whatever and open up the trunk. You see it's a deep trunk, and at the bottom there are these three stones that are quite covered in dust, but they have this deep green color to them, and they're about the size of your palm. Okay, and um, do I recognize them at all, or...? No, you'd have to roll Arcana to investigate what it is. I'm going to roll Arcana! (laughs) If you would let me, yes. Okay, so that is a uh, 16. So... These things are very rare. You're not exactly sure what it is, but um, you do know that how to activate it is by um, rubbing it, almost like a genie lamp. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Well, I say, well, I I kind of like, you know, just sort of carefully touch it and like not not rubbing it, but just kind of seeing if, you know, something happens when I touch it and nothing happens. Nothing happens when you touch it. Okay. So, well, it might be, I, I know that uh, I know we can activate it by rubbing it, but uh, these might come in handy. So I take them out and put them in my little pouch. Hmm. Very cool. All right. But we uh, we got to move, right? Like, we have goblins at the fucking door, literally. Well, yes, not our door, but their door. I agree. Let's let's go. Lead the way, Gary. Dar- Darian says, can I have one? Oh, for fuck's sakes, Darian, just jump in the hole. Do you know what they are? <laughs> no, I just, they just look kind of cool. Well, you know, let me hold on to it. We'll, we'll talk about this later. Right now, we got to get out of here. Darian, do you have a weapon? Oh, shit. No, I don't. <laughs> you see that he's literally <laughs> just wearing his robes. Hey, Darian, I feel like this is deja vu, but um, I'm going to give you one on loan, okay? You know, I've been doing pretty okay without it. Are you okay, sure? Okay, you haven't done anything. <laughs> hey, let him. If he feels good with just his fists, that's what he'll do. Yeah, and if we need a human sacrifice, you know, we oh, got. We, we, you're you're kind of on deck, as it were, Darian. It's great. <laughs> Dorian, how long have you been with this party? As in, like, you guys? Yes. Geary had just noticed that you're, he's with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> since the, since, uh, the tomb of the Great War. Oh, hello, how are you? Too damn long, too damn long. You know, long. not bad. I just love watching you guys work. It's really incredible. All right, let's not give Darian any more oh, time right, or else right. he'll, he'll, you know, we, we can't feed it or else he'll follow us. He does that already. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, lead on, Velvet. Oh, no, I'm you, after you, Gary. I'm not going okay. over there. Fuck that. And then I, wa- and then I walk through the, uh, the, the upcoming tunnel. Come on, Lucy, let's go. Bring your players to exciting fantasy worlds with Sword Coast Soundscapes. With over 100 different D&D soundscapes on YouTube, Sword Coast has ambient tracks for any setting from coast to coast, some of which you can hear in this podcast.
If you're loving the music you hear in this campaign, then consider supporting Will Savino on his Patreon, Music D20, where he is constantly dropping new music to elevate your tabletop games. Just go to www.patreon.com and search Music D20. After choosing a patron tier, you'll get access to hundreds of tracks thoughtfully composed for your adventure role-playing games. Hey there. Thanks for listening. Tall Tale Theatre Collective is proud to announce that we are expanding our podcast network to now feature two programs. We will continue to present our horror series, Night Terrors. Welcome to a world of thrills, threats, and terrors. Night Terrors is an anthology radio play podcast that will bring you face-to-face with your nightmares. Come listen, if you dare. Introducing our newest program, Fantasy Fantasia, which includes two RPG podcast campaigns. The first is Dungeons & Dragons, Legend of the Silver Flame. Experience laughs, suspense, and triumph with a motley crew of adventurers who could be the last hope against great evil long thought to be vanquished. The second is Monster Hearts Undergrad. Follow the tale of romance, mystery, desire, and murder as an unlikely bunch of mostly pubescent monsters navigate their social, academic, and supernatural lives at Oakhurst College. Listeners even get the chance to weigh in on the action of both campaigns. For more, visit our website at www.talltaletheater.com. Tall Tale Theater Collective. Grow with us.